Jeff Shulman is an associate professor at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business and the host of the Seattle Growth Podcast. On this episode, Tyler and Phil sit down with Jeff to discuss the lessons he's learned exploring the tension between pro-growth developers and Seattleites resistant to change. We also discuss about how local podcasting brings people together and whether the Seattle Supersonics will ever come back to Seattle. Welcome to Rise Seattle Podcast, a podcast about Seattle, the people, their stories, and Seattle's future. Here's your hosts, Phil Greeley and Tyler Davis-Jones. So today we're talking to Jeff Shulman. Uh, he is a PhD in marketing. He has a master's degree in marketing from the Kellogg School of Management in, at Northwestern University in Illinois. Uh, he also has a Bachelor of Economics. He's an associate professor in marketing at the Foster School of Business at University of Washington. And he is also the host of the critically acclaimed uh, Seattle Growth Podcast, which we love and recommend you check out. Well, Jeff. You. Thank you for being here, man. Really oh, appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. It. Thanks for inviting me here today. Of course. So, Jeff, you wear a lot of hats, but we'd love to hear sort of how you got to this point. Um, how did you end up in Washington and Seattle and at the University of Washington? Yeah, so I finished my PhD in 2006 from the Kellogg School of Management. Uh, and at that time, it's just a, a matching process. So you put yourself out there to a whole bunch of schools around the country and you hope there's a fit between your research and your teaching expertise and what the schools are looking for at that time. And it just turned out to be very fortunate that uh, the University of Washington uh, was hiring at the time. It was just the University of Washington Business School, so before we were the Foster School of Business. And there was a match both in terms of the skills I brought, the skills they were looking for, and, and the personalities. And uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to be a part of what's been happening uh, at the University of Washington uh, these last 10 years. Cool. That's great. And so are you originally from Washington State or Midwest? Where, where are you from? Born in, Ohio, uh, born in Michigan. Okay. Raised in Ohio. I moved there when I was three months old. Went to school at Northwestern, which is outside Chicago, and then came here. So Midwestern, born and raised, and uh, now a proud Seattleite. Very cool. Where on the hand in Michigan? <laughs> Just outside uh, Detroit. Okay, Detroit. Got it. So you've been in the Midwest and you've been in Seattle for 10 years or so. Of course, your job's here, so that aside, but how does it compare? Would you move back? Would you? Do you like it here? Oh, I love it here. <laughs> okay. Uh, I plan to, to be here for the, the long term. This is home. Very cool. Yeah, this is and definitely then home. Married, kids? Yeah. Uh, so my girlfriend at the time took a risk and moved out to oh, Seattle wow. with me. Yeah. And uh, we've since got engaged, got married, and now have two kids. Oh, and, no way. Uh, That's great. So I'm blessed that, that she took that risk. Uh, it was never really a risk, but uh, love her for it. And, and we've been, at, she loves Seattle as much as I do. Very and so cool. do our kids. That's great. So as fellow podcasters, we're excited to talk about what you've learned from your podcasting, but let's talk about your day job first. Sure. So at the University of Washington, what does your role look like there? So I'm an associate professor, which means that uh, I do research and teaching. And so my research is primarily focused on pricing issues and strategic issues. So uh, anticipating your competitor's response and behaving in a way that maximizes uh, 
your objectives, uh, the payoffs that, that you seek. Um, and then for teaching, I teach pricing as well. I teach it to the undergrads, I teach it to the MBAs, and then I also teach a little uh, a class to the PhD students so that they could also do research and, and push the, the field forward. So for someone that doesn't know anything, pricing, is that literally like you have a product you're trying to push and how do you fit that into the marketplace? Is that what you mean? Yeah, so very often in marketing, uh, pricing is kind of an afterthought. So you you create a product and you try to figure you try to figure out who will buy it, and then you just set a price uh, based off of some rule of thumbs. But pricing, in my mind, is the the most important thing a company does because without pricing, you can't earn revenue, which means you can't make the the customers happy and, and build the products and the organization that that can make a difference in the world. And so pricing is really not just about that process at the end, but uh, putting it at the beginning, how can I build products that people have value for and that people will be willing to pay so that I could sustain a business and so that I could sustain my customers' uh, satisfaction. Is there truth to if you price something at like more expensive than you think it should be that people see value in it, more uh, value in it? There are some products that, uh, that the price can signal quality. Okay. And that to do that, though, you have to also match with your distribution uh, you have to match with your your packaging, and so it's not just set a high price and, and that'll work, but uh, you integrate that with your whole marketing strategy, and it can be effective for some products. Okay, so you're saying we should charge for a podcast? Is what you're saying? <laughs> just joking. Uh, real quick follow up question. So I, you mentioned you're on sabbatical right now, so you're not with students at the moment. But when you are talking with students. Um, we're here in Seattle, and we're talking about this rise, this boom that we're going through. And we have Amazon in our backyard, which probably maybe comes up in some of your pricing conversations. I'm not sure. But um, with everything that's going on in Seattle and, and your subject matter that you're talking with your students, does this, does, do the events and kind of this um, environment that we find ourselves in in Seattle come up in conversations in, in your teaching? Is that? Uh, so the way the, the changes in Seattle, the, the massive changes that I've seen in just my short time here of uh, the 10 years, the way that, that manifests itself is just there's, there's new products, there's new companies, there's really an exciting environment for business students uh, to be employed and to learn from, from people doing some fantastic work. And mm. so we are seeing that uh, we've got some great companies who will come in as guest speakers. We've got some high-powered students uh, coming in and getting great jobs. And so mm. that's how that that shows up in the classroom. Yeah. Employment probably is an easy transition out of the school of business at UDM. Yeah, we're uh, very fortunate that um, we've just seen a real increase in the in the quality of students that we're able to bring in, a real increase in the, the quality of jobs we're able to place them in. Mm. And it's just been phenomenal to see uh, the difference that our students end up making in our city and in our region. That's great. That's great. So let's, let's go back to your podcast. Um, Obviously, we're in a world of abundance. What led you to start Seattle Growth? Um, yeah. Yeah, so Seattle Growth Podcast, uh, there's, it, there's no one single origin for how it came about. But one part is I used to, when I first moved here, I, I lived in Lake Union. And uh, four years ago, almost five years now, I, I moved uh, away from Lake Union and just going back just a few years later, mm -hmm. and it's unrecognizable. So I lived on, on Dexter Avenue there. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was wondering, what are people thinking? So Lake Union is not the only place undergoing a transformation, as you know. And I, I wanted to f learn from the people who have a richer history here, uh, what are they thinking? Um, the other thing is I kind of see when I read about it and try to find out what people think of all the changes around 
uh, I feel like they're very often put into one of two camps. So people mm. are either pro-growth or anti-growth. Mm. And you see a lot of um, animosity or um, negative statements made about the other camp. Right. And so <clears throat> I wanted to just have a conversation, uh, build a safe place where people can express their concerns, their their excitement, whatever it is, and just put it all out there instead of wondering whether somebody's going to attack them right back. So I just wanted people to be able to talk, share their perspective, and also listen to other people's perspective. Yeah, so what are you hearing from those conversations? Well, so I re- what I read is that there's one of two camps, but, but what I see is that a lot of people are just trying to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so m- most people are actually in the middle somewhere where – they don't quite know what to make of it. They don't quite know what the future is going to bring for them or what the future is going to bring uh, for the, their neighbors. And so that's what I, I've observed is that, uh, you know, there's a lot in the middle and there's a lot of realist, reasonable concerns and there's a lot of reasonable optimism. And so I'm hopeful that we could learn from those concerns and optimism mm-hmm. and, and build a mutually beneficial future. Yeah. When it seems like uh, our theme uh, or, and our mission with Rise Seattle podcast is very similar to Seattle growth, right? And the reason that Phil and I even started this, um, it, is there something that's surprised you from your conversations that um, maybe you didn't expect? Yeah, I, I think the surprise was, again, that a lot of people are just Kind of in, in the, the middle, middle still yeah. figuring it out, trying to navigate mm. uh, what this all means. Because, again, reading it, it seemed like there were just two diametrically opposed camps that, mm-hmm. that could never, perhaps never come together and just one is going to win. Uh, but the reality is there's a, a lot of uh, people in the middle, and which is kind of good in the sense that <clears throat> if they're in the middle, they're kind of trying to figure it out. They could also try to figure it out together. And mm-hmm. I think... Um, I'm hopeful again that uh, if we could continue to have dialogues like you're having here with Rise Seattle, that people can work together to to build the city they want. That's great. Have you talked? I it, forgive me. I haven't listened to every episode of yours, but I think you talked to an artist community of some sort. Is that correct? Yeah, the Equinox Studios in Georgetown, and then the Good Arts Building in Pioneer Square. And then on the flip side, I believe you've also talked to some developers. Um, in the city. So those might be kind of two diametrically opposed camps, or at least in, in their, um, where they're invested sort of, and, and what's at stake for them. Did you see that? Like if, for instance, with a developer, if they have money on the line for a project and, um, as compared to an artist where maybe they're feeling the pinch and maybe losing their studio space or something more practical that's hurting them. Um, are they are the, would those people be described as in the middle as well, or do they have more passion behind them? Yeah, good question. And so that's interesting that you say that because the the last episode I put out uh, was the story of the artist and the developer, mm-hmm. and uh, that tells the story of. Uh, a, I guess I'll give away the ending, but I think you should all listen to it. <laughs> yes, definitely. Go, go and listen. Seattle Growth Podcast. <laughs> you can right. find it on iTunes. Yeah. That's right. Uh, episode 15, uh, The Artist and the Developer. Um, but uh, what, in talking to developers, and, and instead of talking about the solutions they want to bring, but the, the challenges that they see and, and what are they, the outcomes that they want, they want a vibrant community around the developments that they build. And artists, what do they want? They want to be a part of a community, and they want to build a vibrant community. And so, yeah, if you if you slice it, you could say, okay, artists are about the passion and the art, and developers are about the money. But really, there's shades, there's different 
developers out there, there's different artists out there, mm -hmm. and it was really cool to see that uh, at least one developer and one set of artists found common ground and said, you know, art belongs in the city, mm -hmm. and we're going to find a way to make it both profitable and meaningful uh, mm -hmm. to the community. Well, and even with, with the arena talk, the arena debate, I know part of the approval of the street vacation, you know, this was way back before it was voted down, was inclusion of local artists and... Um, and that was a huge point of importance for um, for the the council, at least, to to be able to approve that because they see value in that. So funny you should mention that because I am. Please tell me you're not going to get to talk to Chris Hansen. <laughs> uh, working on it. Uh, so uh, I'm trying to bring uh, one of the things that's happened is that in the ten years since the Sonics have been here, uh, the city has grown quite a bit. The people have changed quite a bit. Uh, a lot more people. Uh, as well. And uh, it's again a hot button issue similar to growth. And so I'm going to be taking the same kind of dialogue style, constructive conversation, uh, that same style to looking at what would the return of the Sonics mean to Seattle. Mm -hmm. And so I'm interviewing people from the port uh, because, again, uh, when they're reduced to a soundbite, uh, it's hard to understand not just what they're thinking, but why they're thinking it. Um, be talking to the port. Uh, hopefully be talking to uh, the Sonics um, ownership group that wants to bring it back and, and regular people and all in between. So funny you should mention that divisive issue because I'm going to hopefully be bringing the Completely same Completely jealous at the moment. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, speaking of jealousy, you recently interviewed Mayor Ed Murray, which, by the way, we're totally going to name drop your name <laughs> to see if we can get him on Rise Seattle. Um, so what, what are kind of three takeaways you had from that interview? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, but I have to say, so one of the reasons I was able to, to interview him and, and be able to attract uh, the people that I've been able to interview is that I let them tell their perspective and their story in their own words. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hesitant to, to try to put my own filter onto what we could learn from, from Mayor Murray, but I would encourage all of you to listen to episode 13 uh, to hear his words directly. Because um, it is interesting, you could really find out um, I had 20 minutes with him, which uh, I'm really thankful for his mm -hmm. time and, and for the people that made that possible. Um, but you could really understand in those 20 minutes, we've got a lot of issues going on, a lot of great things, a lot of um, challenging things. And you could hear uh, in his words uh, and decipher what is top of his list mm -hmm. as the city's undergoing the transformation. Um, but I will give one, which is, I, I think, safe to say, is he did say uh, it's really important for us to have a constructive conversation, have a dialogue mm. about the issues facing our city. So that I, I feel comfortable kind of paraphrasing as a lesson from, from what he said, uh, because it's true that if, if we demonize the other side, it's really hard to come up with mutually beneficial uh, solutions. Mm. And so if we just have a conversation, which is what you are trying to do and I'm trying to do, and I think a lot of great people are trying to do, um, the sky's the limit for what we could do in the city. Right. One of the pressures that Seattle faces as we grow and um, are experiencing this this moment, this period, time period of prosperity, is housing affordability. And I know this isn't like your academic expertise, but you've talked to people about this, and and so you've hosted these conversations and heard perspectives. What's your quick take or long take rather on how do we solve this problem? Right, because we're there's no land to build. Um, do we sprawl? Do we add density? Um, how does it, from from the conversations you've had, what do you what are you seeing as a possible path forward for for housing? 
So to be honest, if I answer that question, I'll lose half my audience. <laughs> and so uh, one of the things, I, I, one of the approaches, and I learned this from, there's a cool group that I'm, I'm hoping to interview that uh, is a collaboration between Washington State and the University of Washington. And it's very interesting because those are different schools, the uh, different constituents in different locations with very different uh, atmospheres, but they're able to find uh common ground. And so what I'd prefer to do instead of offering you a solution is to offer you some the challenges and, and where do we want to be. Yeah. And so if we instead talk solutions and then one solution is right and one's wrong, if we talk outcomes, then people can come up with their own creative ways uh, to solve uh, those challenges and build those outcomes that we all want. So one of the things that is a constant that I'm hearing is we want a place that uh, is inclusive. Uh, we want a city that people of all uh, incomes can can live here. And we want a city that has different industries that could support it. Um, and there's a lot of reasons that are beneficial, not just to the people who have low income, but to the people who have high income and have businesses of making a Seattle for everybody. So, uh, I'm going to keep as much of my audience as I can with a, a somewhat vague answer, but it, it's grounded in, in in theory as to how to solve problems, and that's instead of coming up with and arguing for solutions, arguing for outcomes. And the outcomes mm. I think everybody wants to see is a thriving economy and a thriving city where the people who made it great have the same place at the table as the people who are coming in here and that there's income levels uh, of all types supported here in the city. So, so let Go ahead. Well, I guess practical question then. So even going back to what you're talking about with Mayor uh, Murray, um, when we have the conversation, we hear perspectives and we talk about what maybe shared outcomes we see that we want. How do you, um, how do you implement? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Unfortunately, that's not my responsibility. <laughs> how, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but I, I think one thing, uh, the way you implement that kind of mindset is really having a, a lot of conversations, really bringing together voices of all kinds, uh, not those, uh, yeah, I'll just say that in the positive. So bringing voices of all kinds and um, coming to agreement on the outcomes and then debating how to get there and looking at what other cities have done, whether it's San Francisco or Detroit or Nashville or Denver. There's a lot of cities that are either growing or declining, and we could learn a lot mm. uh, from what they did and what worked and what didn't work. Mm -hmm. That's great. So maybe let's take it to a little bit more of a personal perspective. So you as an educator, uh, you're in the academic world. Um, you definitely didn't get into that for the money, I would assume. You got in it to help people. Um, you've got a wife, you've got kids. How is that? How is the growth of our city? How are you experiencing that personally uh, with the rise of housing affordability um, what, what does that look like for you right now? Uh, so I'm very fortunate that um, I was able to buy a house uh, at just the right time. Nice. And uh, so in seeing, you know, what housing prices are now, I, I don't know how I, I could live here, and if I if I wasn't already to get in, able to get in. And so I, I see that as a challenge that we also want to preserve not just the ability of people to live here, but to live here with their families mm -hmm. and. Um, it could be somewhat tough to live with uh, a family in a small apartment without access to green space, a place for your, your kids to play, uh, a safe environment where they could walk down the street. And so uh, what I've learned personally is that I hope more people, or I can't say more people, but I hope people 
continue to be able to raise their families in Seattle mm-hmm. and uh, build a brighter future for the kids, uh, one that's both safe and they get a good education and, and a chance to participate in this economy. Excellent. And what neighborhood do you call home? You don't have to answer that. If you want to <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want stalkers. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I live uh, in the Ravenna neighborhood. Nice. Love it. Very cool. Um, yeah, I don't even know where we're at on our list here. Uh, this will be edited out. Oh, the final version, not Facebook Live, which is... Yeah, well, that's the beauty this of live. This is the beauty of I've live. Never, you know, I've never done a live interview uh, on either side of the microphone. I, yeah. I've always helped to the re- record, so hopefully the, the people out there... We, we have, Forgive I'm us. pretty sure, like 20 people who like us on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, so they're all watching right now. Every one of them. <laughs> they stopped what they're doing at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I guess we talk about future. So you've, um, both from your role as a, as a professor at University of Washington, so you get to see kind of the future pass before you um, and have a hand in a little bit where they're going. And then also your conversations with key players around the city. What... You know, the last, <clears throat> since around 2009, 2010, it's kind of just been up, 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 up for Seattle. What's your crystal ball? Yeah, good question. Uh, so there's a couple things that, that are in the favor of this growth continuing. Uh, so I talked to some people more, in, uh, climate scientists and, and such, and they're saying that, you know, there's not even enough water to build in the Sunbelt, is that what it's called? Uh, so down in Arizona, Lower mm-hmm. California. So there's not enough water in southwestern United States to uh, accommodate more development. So you'll you'll probably see more migration up to the Pacific Northwest uh, due to that. I hear uh, Cliff Mass talk about the climate refugees. Yep. And uh, and then another thing that's in favor of this continuing to grow is just we have a phenomenal talent pool of creative geniuses. So even if the world starts to to drop a little bit, uh, then you know, we've got some can-do attitude and a lot of brilliant people who will uh, create brilliant products and and um, great companies. Uh, so. Those two work in our favor. We have a diversified economy, so we're not like a one-company town anymore. So people mm. uh, talking to the director of the Washington State of Commerce, he was saying, you know, we're not just Boeing, we're not just Microsoft, but we've got uh, retail, mm-hmm. uh, virtual reality, uh, cloud computing, um, and manufacturing. So we've uh, got a lot, a diversified economy. So those two things would say this: the, the sky is the limit. Um, you know, the other thing that's a, that what would say the sky's maybe not the limit is that uh, we're a huge trade economy. So with the port and with our proximity to Asia, a lot of our economy is built on uh, trade with other nations. And the rhetoric coming out of our, our president-elect uh, puts makes it uh, mm-hmm. a, a little sensitive as to whether we're going to be able to maintain a, mm-hmm. a trade economy that, that continues to allow our, our region to thrive. So... Uh, and the other negative point is that I just gave you the longest-winded answer. No, you this, is this, is a, this is a great answer. This is the best answer we've gotten so far. So, uh, but the other uh, side on the, that this isn't going to last forever is you look historically, and booms just don't last. Uh, there's yeah. just cycles, and we're in a cycle. And I could tell you when I came here in 2006, I couldn't afford a house. People were saying, you have to buy because if you wait a month, you wait two months, it'll be X amount uh, higher. Uh, people were saying, it's never going to end. So mm. in 2006, they were telling me, it's never going to end. you got to buy now because we've got mountains, we've got water, there's nowhere to build. It can never end. And of course, it ended uh, a year or two after I got here. So... 
I, I would say I wouldn't be 100% bullish. There's some reasons to, to be hesitant. Um, and I wouldn't be as nervous about all those booms and busts because now more than ever, we've got a very diversified economy okay. and uh, the climate uh, refugees, as you call them, <laughs> is a yeah. possibility to continue to bring people here. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so looking back on your interviews with Seattle City Council, um, you know, with the artists that you've interviewed, um, can you can you potentially boil it down to you know what's what's maybe the number one issue that Seattle's facing right now? Like, if we fix that issue, uh, we would be ten steps ahead versus trying to fix these other three, that type of thing. Wow, that's that's a tough question. And we'll uh, deliver your memo to Mayor Murray. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so I touched upon, there's actually several, and so I touched upon, I think, 11 or 12, uh, one in each episode of the podcast, which I encourage you all to listen to, Seattle Growth Podcast. Um, <laughs> you can so, find it on iTunes. Yes. <laughs> and Stitcher, maybe? Yep, yeah, yeah, Stitcher as well. Stitcher okay. and www.seattlegrowthpodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, I think there's a, a wealth of issues, and I, I think the one that solves them all is participation. And mm. so we've got people who are new to the region and don't know our history. Mm. Uh, I'm just learning uh, the depth of our history through this podcast. Uh, we've got people who've been here for a long time but maybe aren't engaged because they feel that this is just happening to them. And I think we need more participation in these discussions and and that's from everybody, new, uh, long-time residents, natives, and new people. And so if we have participation, listening, and, and sharing your point of view, then I think that'll help solve, that's, that'll solve a lot of those challenges because yeah. we could do it together. That's good. On every show at the end, we like to ask our guests two questions, which are kind of big, and you've, you've kind of touched on some of them, but we like to hear what your greatest hopes for the city are. And then also your greatest concerns for the city. So we'll let you start wherever you like, but um, we just, um, yeah, we'd love to hear your take on that. This is the problem with live. So now they see <laughs> no, my wheels okay. are turning. Yeah. But on <laughs> iTunes, it'll sound like you didn't miss a beat. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a very good question. My greatest hope to distill that. You know, my, my greatest hope is that we could leverage what has made this city great uh, to continue to make it even greater and to be a model for, for the rest of the country. So if you look at what, and talking to people, what brought them here and what they feel make it great, there's a couple themes that have risen from the podcast that, that I internalize as well. Uh, we've got great natural environment. So mm. Just right, right here, we're in Northgate area, or north of Northgate, and you see lots of trees. It's, it's a very green city. So you get outside the downtown core, and there is lush greenery in all the, the neighborhoods. And so um, my, I'm hopeful that we could continue to be a, a bright, green, beautiful, uh, clean air city. Uh, another trend that emerges, that, and what people say is that uh, Seattle is really where the American dream is possible, hmm. where you can come here from nothing. I talked to immigrants. I've talked to uh, people who just moved from other parts of the country. You could come from anything and make it happen here in Seattle. And so I hope we're. I'm hopeful that we'll continue to be a place where uh, 
it's okay and encouraged and possible uh, to reach for that highest star and and become a, a success, whether it's entrepreneur, um, working it wherever you decide to work, but to, to achieve your dreams. Um, and then the third thing, <clears throat> uh, the third theme that, that emerges is just uh, an open mind and just an inclusive <clears throat> an inclusive place uh, for everybody of, of all religions, of all uh, races and ages and, and so on. So if we could continue uh, to be an inclusive place uh, with an open mind, um, I'm hopeful that, that, that that'll continue to happen. So those are my, my those great. are three uh, summarizing what I've, I've learned from people, and I, I share those, those as well. Um, greatest concern? I guess my greatest concern would be that we would lose any one of those three things mm-hmm. that I think has made this city great. So if we look at outcomes, uh, the outcome I would like to see is that we preserve those three elements of Seattle as we start to, to change some of the physical landscape, some of the, uh, the, as, as we add more people and as we add more companies and, and change uh, dramatically going forward, uh, I hope we can keep those, those three things that make Seattle great. Yeah, excellent. <clears throat> Very well said. It's interesting. We, uh, we've we sort of experienced a similar feedback, I guess, in, in some of our guests. We had the opportunity to interview Pat O'Day, who's a longtime mm-hmm. disc jockey, and he's in his 80s. And he mentioned sort of that um, spirit of innovation, and mm-hmm. people came here and settled here with this, like, burning desire to do something different and great and stand out. And, right. and that um, goes back from the beginning of Seattle as well. Like, right. we, it's kind of rooted in our DNA that people come here, uh, they uproot, and I mean, yourself included, myself included, right, uh, to make something greater and better. So I think just geographically, it we're kind of you're kind of forced to be a, a hot spot for innovation because of that very thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Jeff, thank you so much. Thank you for moving to Seattle. Thank you for innovating. Thank you for uh, doing Seattle Growth Podcast. Having those conversations about where Absolutely. we're going. Absolutely, you inspire us to to keep going on and. Uh, I know we've mentioned it on multiple times on the uh, on the podcast, but where can people follow along uh, your work? Yeah, so you could follow me on Twitter. That's at Prof Shulman, no C S H U L M A N. Excellent. <laughs> so you can follow me on Twitter at Prof Shulman. Uh, you could visit www.seattlegrowthpodcast.com, and of course, you could subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Any podcast app, I think, that's out there, you can probably find Seattle Excellent. Growth Podcast. Can we sit in on your classes in the spring? Ooh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk with legal about that. <laughs> okay, Excellent. Excellent. But thank you guys for, for what you're doing. Uh, I think it's important to have these conversations. It's great that, that you've taken the initiative to do that, and I appreciate being invited to, to participate in, in your work. Perfect. Yeah, well, we're now pod- podcast buddies, so yeah. thanks again for being on. A podcast within a podcast within a podcast. That's yeah. right, Inception. Inception. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Rise Seattle was produced and recorded by the very talented Brett Baird. A special thanks to Bravery Music for our intro and outro music. You can contact us and find all of the show notes and episodes on our website, Rise Seattle Podcast. You can also connect with us on social, Instagram and Twitter, at The Rise Seattle, and use hashtag Rise Seattle to be a part of the conversation. Please subscribe to our podcast and write us a very nice five-star review on iTunes. We would be grateful. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you in two weeks for our next episode.